All right, Rachel. All right. Let's, um, Dominic Purcell doxed himself. What? Dominic Purcell apparently, allegedly. Oh, God. Uh, allegedly, allegedly posted. I gotta say, what was posted a medical a screenshot of some medical information Wait, to what? his Instagram, and then immediately took it down. I don't know. I received an ask about it in what? like hushed whispers, Grams? where I was like, "Well, if you're not gonna give me, if you're not gonna give me a fucking screenshot of it, so I can mail him fucking fake." BTS photo cards. SOS. I have so many. I'm just like, I have, I'm like, I'm just like, did he mean to send that to like someone in the family and then like had his Instagram open and like that's how, like, I'm just like, how the fuck does that even, how do you do that? Everyone doesn't know how to use the internet. It's okay. I mean, I guess, but like, no. Like, seriously, fuck. I hate having to can I also can this is completely unrelated I fucking hate having to move flowers I just can I just say that hate having to move flowers I have so many goddamn flowers on my island I feel like I, I will never have any fucking peace in my life I'm just surrounded by flowers forever and uh I want die I'm so fucking I want die I want die I'm so tired I'm just trying to get a birthday present for someone who listens to this podcast. And the one thing where I'm like, oh, this would be perfect for them doesn't fucking ship to Canada. So now oh, I have wait. to find other stuff. So that's so nice. Happy, happy, happy birthday, early birthday. So that's so awesome. Um, again, you have no idea how much it surprises me on the level, like routinely, that like people listen to this. Like, I thought you were going to say it routinely surprises me that people live in Canada. And I was going to be like, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, it's it's fucking cold up there, man. Like, shit's frozen. Like, what are you doing? But, but um, like, I mean, I think it's beaver. But they are really, really ominous in the anonymous messages that you get. And every time I go on Tumblr, I'm like, oh, no, what is going to happen next? I mean, to be fair, everything good. Oh, oh no, what's going to happen next is I think just a really good summary of Tumblr. (laughs) That's just, I mean, from like, that was the entirety of my experience. Every time I logged on Tumblr was, oh no, what's going to happen next? Where it's like, it's that thing, it's that post I think about all the fucking time that's like, every day on Twitter, there is one main character and the goal is to never be it. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah, that's kind of the vibe on, on Tumblr too. But, um... Gonna plant essence by Julian's house. Um, I mean, and speaking of celebrities posting things to their Instagram. Oh god. Big congratulations to Emily Bet Records. She gay. Good for her. I didn't realize because I saw Damn, you talking these about bitches it. gay. Good for them. them. I saw you talk about it. I was like, it was interesting because it's like, I think we talked about this before, but it was such a glass closet kind of scenario up until now, where it's like, again. I feel like Arrow getting canceled was not only one of the best things to happen to us, but one of the best things to happen to her. Really? I think it was. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing is like, first of all, I was reading again that like just the way that people talk about her when they're like, Oliver got his happy ending with Felicity because she had waited for him for all this time when he was in the fucking like phantom zone. And now she's in the phantom zone with him. And I'm like, she's not a fucking 
She's not a beloved stuffed animal that he's finally gotten back. This is not, this is not like that fucking, like, this isn't like, this isn't the fucking scene at the end of the incredible journey where all like the fucking animals cut, like all the pets come back and their kids are so happy. And then he's like, oh, he couldn't make it. He was too old. And then he was back anyway. And it was really sweet. And like, it's not like that. Okay. It doesn't work like that. The life is not like, that's not. That's not how this works. Not how any of this works. Like, it's not, I cannot stress to you enough that women aren't narrative rewards for men, or like they fucking shouldn't be. I know most of the time they are, but what if I sold you the radical notion that we didn't fucking do that because it was stupid and dumb and like a bad idea and just sort of lazy storytelling? Hmm, I would require fake. that fandom to have any kind of critical thinking skills, and they do not. Well, because, you know, the you real thing. Oh, you're right. <laughs> The real thing for me is I was like, listen, I'm like, I know that these people, I know that elicities are stupid and bad and dumb. We all know this. Yes, this is, yeah. But, like, one of them has to at least, like, be cognizant enough to be happy that Emily can express herself this way. No, because they don't, they don't know how to be happy. And I'm like, it's just so, I'm like, then you're not a fan of hers. No, you're not. And I mean, they just didn't. And I'm like, and it makes me so mad too because they've essentially tried to beat out anyone that doesn't love Felicity in this extremely abusive relationship. Yeah. And they're so consistently like, well, you're not really a fan of hers because you don't think the most important relationship in her life is one where she's constantly belittled and mistreated. Every time. Literally. And I'm just looking around and I'm like, that's an episode. it's so wild to me that they even pretend to be fans of hers anymore where i'm like because i just i'm like the reason that people don't know emily bett records is gay is because elicities who i guess sort of purposefully make up the central part of her fan base because they sort of force everyone else out yeah so like either they're outwardly homophobic or they allow that kind of homophobia to manifest and if they are themselves if you're like i'm an elicity and i'm lgbt no that physically impossible unfortunately your your lgbt card is revoked and you have to go back to being a cishet this is this is the one thing where i'm like no i will gatekeep on this like stop it stop it like at least like go ship like something that's like awful and like gay at the very least for god's sake like god damn like it is so like it's it's like i almost i'm like just be fucking transparent and upfront about the fact that you're like i don't really give a shit about felicity as a character i'm just projecting myself on her like if you acknowledge that we'd all be a lot better off felicity is obviously not you but like it is something where it's like they don't really like her they like the archetype that she represents and they like thinking how she's she's Chloe from smallville which is bullshit because Felicity is way more interesting and fun than Chloe from Smallville ever was. I, I never Smallville. I no one could ever adequately explain to me what that was about when I was a child and never watched it. But I believe you. Um, it's just it's it's like I just feel just so bad for her. Like I'm yeah. happy that she managed this, but it does suck. Ryan, like you basically have to create like an entirely new fan base. This can't even really be like her big break um in terms of i mean like it, like i'm sure she'll get other jobs but in terms of cultivating like a fan base it's like that's incredibly hard to do when your fan base really loves you for this thing that you clearly like like the you, only they- reassurance at least i go to bed at night knowing that emily bet rickards hates elicities more than i ever could oh, yeah i mean on a person and like i mean no one has more of a right to hate elicities and elicity as a concept than emily bet records i gotta say and also like I, yes she's friends with steven in real life but like she's a lesbian having dumb guy friends is kind of part of the package 
yeah, like that just sort of happens. Like it's fine. That it is so fucking like I'm really happy for her, truly, but it just does make me so I'm like, you did not deserve so like you deserve better than the show you were on, the relationship your character was written into, the fan base you got. Like I really I'm like, sorry that Katie left you and got married immediately after to prove to herself that she was heterosexual and then got divorced at the same time Juliana got divorced and now they're probably dating and you weren't there for the last season of Arrow to stop it. I'm sorry that happened because I think that's your biggest regret. If I could, if I could turn back time and fix for you you know i would because i am deeply truly sorry i mean i don't know though because greatest homophobic act speaking of history um wait sahar what it's cool i i was just gonna say though at the end of the day being on arrow is how she met aisha and they've been together pretty much since i think she did and out in the end long term gay rights gay rights that being actually okay so to sort of transition a little bit because i have to talk about this because it's fu- it's been eating my fucking brain since i saw it and i need to fucking talk about it please, um, please. first off remember how we talked about how like what the fuck does warner brothers want with brandon ralph because they had a yes movie yes movie. i love this opening bit because we're just talking we're just we're just relevantly talking about people yeah. hired by dctv it's yeah, very I, current it's very God. fresh we're very we're very in the we're very like on the pulse okay so i cannot stress this enough like at like a, Okay, so I saw a post that was like listing things that happened in the movie, and I was obliged to it. Like, I was like, okay, maybe. Uh, what, Scoop? Yes, about that. And they were like, oh, Can I give our listeners a little context? Yeah, sure. Because I was talking to Sahara last night about this, where like Scoob is a new Scooby Doo origin movie. I doubt it holds a candle to Mystery Incorporated. No, it whatever. Doesn't. The thing is like, oh, you first. Um, but they pinged a bunch of actors to like at least be like oh we're live watching it and like gave them i guess it probably comes out maybe it came out last night and they got it a little earlier or something i don't know or that everybody was supposed to watch it digitally together but like yeah they were watching it digitally together uh nick zano and his son watched it together and brandon and like leo and courtney watched it together giant son um and also in my head i was like isn't what is Nick's son's name? Wyatt? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just gonna call Wyatt. him the Nick child. Wyatt, Wyatt is such a fucking, like... I want to say it's Wyatt, like, but I'm upset if it is. Fucking alternate. It's like, it's... I, I just, I hate it. Well, I, it, let's not forget what he named his daughter. It's a really nice name, don't get me wrong, but it's such yeah, a... Yeah, it's Wyatt. Like, I work with children, so you kind of get a vibe for parents and, like, why they named... Like, it's like, kids who get named Wyatt tend to have, like, parents who are, like, Montessori school types, very like yuppie kind of is yuppie still a thing like that. It's like the new like fun unique name for boys, and it's just like oh I'm so tired. Please just I can't believe Nick Zano hasn't even done anything recently, and yet we're out here fucking clocking him. Name your son Sasuke. Final Fantasy remake just came out. Start fucking naming your kid Sephiroth again. Like let's fucking go. All right, (laughs) and only John Carcat can fucking (laughs) save us. Oh boy, there's a lot happening on this day. So Nick Zanos, Nick Zanos' um, son, and the um, yeah. So Brandon and I'm just constantly like, what the fuck does WB want with him? Because they're the reason he got fired. Because Phil Klemmer doesn't 
like Phil Conroe is not the ultimate budget person who says yes or no to anything like that. Not he's not the te- he's not like he's not in charge of literally everything. He's just the Todd Howard of of our podcast. In which I mean, like literally, he's the creative director, which basically yeah. means that he does what happens, but not who does it. Yes, I mean Berlanti would have been the one to fire him because he's the one who has all the budgets for these shows. Yes. Wow, gay rights. Um, I'm just saying. <laughs> And, but, like, as I was telling Sahir, like, Brandon found out he was going to be Superman, like, probably, I don't, I, I'd like to imagine it was the same day, or even in the same email, that he, met, that he found out he was getting fired from Legends. That's so goddamn funny. I really hope it was in the same email, because that just... But then, and he's like, yeah, Phil told me. And I'm like, Brandon knows, like, here's the thing. Brandon Routh is not an idiot. A lot of celebrities are idiots. Nick Zano, God bless his soul, himbo on and off screen. Brandon Roth is actually pretty smart. So he knows and we know that this is not on Phil. So what is Phil getting for taking this heat? I I got doesn't have to talk to anybody. I feel like it is just kind of like Phil gets to retreat to the shadows where he fucking belongs. Yeah. I (laughs) I mean, if I was Phil. I do think just sending Dominic Purcell. I send Dominic Purcell when I find his address. It's just a package and it just says to Dominic Purcell, please forward this to Phil Clemmer. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But it is something where it's like, I don't I feel like they didn't they didn't like I I feel like it's it's not as direct as I don't think they summoned him into their office, the powers that be, and were like, We're gonna make you the fall guy, so you gotta sort of take it on the chin for us. But it was sort of that thing where it's like it didn't stop him from being fall guy where it was like when Brandon got upset and started like, you know, sort of playing the blame game. It was, they didn't go like, okay, well it wasn't Phil. Like no one stepped in to correct. He's still up Greg Berlanti's ass. Yeah. Or it's like, I do kind of, I feel like it, there, it's, it, it, I, I truly don't know what it could be. Cause I'm like, it can't even be like any sort of fight with Mark because he doesn't really have a lot of power left there either. So I'm just like, I don't I don't know. Um we might not know. This might be something we don't really see the the fruits of. This must be a dispute that but like it is something where okay, so I with Brandon I don't know. I feel like I I this has gotta be something where we don't we don't really have a lot of the story. Um and that's fine, like that happens in real life, but I can't help this isn't even like my main point. The whole point was I wanted to talk about like this movie because like you said it wasn't as good as Mystery Incorporated. And from what I can tell, this movie is just the result of them taking the two most recent Scooby-Doo properties, like major ones, slamming them together and then not really like adjusting for tone or content. Because like you went from Mystery Incorporated, which was effectively like Twin Peaks season three before Peaks. we got before we got a Twin Peaks season three, to the point where I was thinking it over and I'm like, actually there were some points in Twin Peaks season three that this 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 show did so what the fuck do you think david lynch like liked it or do you think oh yeah i i i want to believe i really do that would be incredibly fucking good sometimes i think about i think about the clown box on the short-lived my brother my brother and me tv show and i just think about how like i'm like i wonder if david lynch ever fucking heard about that and just like i know he doesn't have a baseball cap but like whatever cigarette he was smoking just like throwing it on the ground And just stomping it out and walking away. I'd I'm like fucking to- sick of this. I'm so fucking sick of you people. Like it would be so I I want to believe in my heart, but like it was something where like I just they didn't adjust for tone because like then be cool Scooby Doo, from what I can tell, was basically just like 
a gag comedy, but like with the Scooby-Doo characters. And then this movie is like, somebody did like a post on Twitter that was like listing off things that happened in the movie. And at first I thought it was a joke because they were like, oh yeah, like, you know, Shaggy, like young Shaggy was listening to like some fucking like Pod Save America podcast or whatever. And then like the fucking, they got like Falcon and Dino Mutt and they're like, oh, he dabs. And I'm like, yeah, actually that sounds like it would happen in a kid's movie. And then they're like, and then they're like, Dino Mutt uses the phrase large adult son. And I'm like, no, they fucking didn't because that's such a weird, obscure, shitty internet term. Like, why would you do that? And then the last bullet point was um, Scooby-Doo is a descendant of Alexander the Great's dog and thus can genetically open the gates of hell. And it's just like, I, what the fuck? <laughs> Hey, it's me. I have been thinking about that what all the fuck day. is going on in here in this day? day in this place. Like, truly, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, and and that's what I mean. I'm like, okay, that is literally just like ripped from Mystery Incorporated, where they did the whole thing with like Nibiru and like the fucking descendants of the I, I the <laughs> fucking demonic, like the, the fucking Cthulhu knockoff or like some shit. Like, okay, okay. Like, everything else seems like it would have been something from Be Cool Scooby-Doo and, like, weird, but, like, yeah, this is about what I would expect from a children's film. And then this part in particular, they were like, hey, wasn't Mystery Incorporated pretty big, too? Maybe we should put that one in for the adults. And it's like, who the fuck is served by this? Sorry. Nick Zano was like, oh, my God. Nick Zano, like, oh, my God, I remember that from Mystery Incorporated, which was just like Twin Peaks Season 3. Actually, the thing about Twin Peaks... Shut up, Nick Zano. But, like... (laughs) In- the mere idea of Nick Zano talking about Twin Peaks is so fucking funny to me. Oh my god, it's beautiful. Um, I also, I gotta say, like, it's so fucking weird because I'm like, Ale- and like, this is such a minor thing, but I'm like, Alexander the Great, like, had like a pretty famous horse. But like, there wasn't really anything like notable about him having a dog. Like, we know we have historical records of like Bucephalus. Because like- yes. Yeah, have taken the form of Catherine of Alexander the Great's horse. <laughs> God, to teach you a like, lesson about biting I off more than you can do. It is so fucking weird, though. Where I'm just like, listen, far be it for me to question the executive decisions that were going on here, because like I don't, I don't understand any of them, frankly. But I am just like, what fuck possessed you to do this, and why, like. I still kind of want to see it because it seems like it was kind of dumb and bad, but like, I really do love Scooby-Doo a lot. So like, if it's dumb and bad, but like funny, dumb and bad, like that's enough. Like you don't, it doesn't have to be fancy. It can just be kind of stupid. And I do kind of want context for the opening, the ability to open the gates of hell thing. I have so many fucking questions now. Listen, everybody knows to open the gates of hell, you just have to give Cerberus a ear scratchy. But the real yeah. challenge is how do you do it? Because he has three heads and you only have two arms. Uh, you got to get one of those, like, you got to you gotta tie like a back scratcher to your foot and go for it. Fucking exact. See? And that's how you get into the gates there of hell. There you go. God, we're so fucking smart. We're so fucking good at this. Good thing if we ever need to get into the gates of hell, we are set. like i'm like honestly all of the stupid celebrity live tweeting in the world cannot make me more interested in it than um that like innocuous joke tweet where i'm like no now i need to know what the fuck happened like there's nothing you can't make viral marketing happen as i guess the moral of this story if there's a moral to this story Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's never, never going to happen. happen. And um, with that being said, let's get into the episode.
All right. So this episode I titled, I, I don't even know. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how much. Oh, my oh. God. Everybody shut the fuck up. Oh, Jesus, what happened? Look at what I just found on Redbubble. And I like this person, even if they make fucking illicity merchandise. They oh, don't God. have a ton of it. And like, listen, it's an easy way to make a dollar. Yeah, listen, I, I, I got to respect. I understand the hustle. Because I, I also have made a ton of stuff for like Earth to Laurel and stuff where I'm like, okay. Okay. Right. Okay. You may live for now. I'm like, I thought this. <laughs> I. Jesus. I did this. I did this literally. I was the only person who brought attention to the phrase original team legends. I also don't like under like this is because I think we've even talked about this before about like how that's like such a weird, stupid thing to lionize. How did I do this? Tom. Tom, why would you do this? Don't I just don't understand. I am so fucking sick and tired of being alive, honestly. I mean, if that's not the constant fucking mood lately, um, for many reasons, but this is one of them. But I am just so baffled by, like, the concept of original Team Legends. And I closed out of the tab, but it was still trying to show me the t-shirt. Like, the internet was like, oh, no, you're not down with that image. It's going to continue. Oh, no, 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 no. Savor it. Keep it in your <laughs> mouth. <laughs> you don't have any choice on the mat. Like, you're stuck here. Like, okay, I, I guess. Like, truly, I just... Hi. Uh, what the fuck? Such hey. a weird, such a weird, like, and it's so, it's such a DCTV specific thing, too, where it's like, you don't really see that with, like, any, I mean, I feel like it happens in other cape media, but not any of the TV shows or movies. I mean, it only happens, and it doesn't even happen with Supergirl, because, like, whatever the original Team Supergirl was, like, isn't even there anymore. Yeah, it doesn't even, yeah. And, um, with Legends, I mean, like, Ray's not there anymore. And yeah. but with The Flash, it's just because they hate Iris. Yeah. That's because they, it's because they're racist. I mean, sometimes it's like, it's truly like, sometimes it really, the answer is that simple. It's horrible, but it's simple. Anyway, speaking of, tonight's episode, this was their episode where they all went to, I, I loved this episode. I actually really, really enjoyed it. I think it did okay. a lot of very strong things, which we will yeah. get into. But... Um, I think the real, I think the real, uh, thing is what I titled the episode, which is, uh, that's not, which is, this is, this is what I think it should be titled, which is, that's not very Kim Seok Jin Dionysus fan cam of you. It's such an ugly, unwieldy, I love you so much that it's such a goddamn, like, early Also, I'm so sorry. It would be, that's not very Kim Seok Jin. Okay, well, well. Don't fucking like you've been, you've been downvoted in this chat. Fine, but like, please, God. Okay, don't. fine, fine, fine. What is your you idea? Know, shotgun, shotgun Nate is still like snappy. Like, we're here's the problem is listen, we we gotta just get like shorter fucking episode titles. Like, I think it's, I, I think we're gonna be Shotgun Nate featuring. I mean, I know it's best like, when I say, hold on, hold on. When I say Shotgun Nate, you say wedding. How about it? Because like, there you go, panic at the disco. We're, we're all gay, that works. How First of all, how fucking how fucking dare you be like we should have shorter titles and then be like also here's a panic <laughs> at the disco reference. Like, it's not as fucking unwieldy. It's got a pun in it, so it's fine if it's longer. I was going to say long title. Like if we're gonna do long titles, they have to be like old Fallout Boy snappy. Like we cannot like meander. We have to do this with like punch. So we gotta if we're gonna do long titles, we gotta do them punchy. Um, but. Shotgun Nate is short, sweet, and to the point. 
Um, I feel like we came up with something else, but also fucked if uh, I can remember what it was. The other one we came up with, which is also, I think, very good, is I hope the backwards baseball cap never goes out of style. <laughs> okay, actually, I'm good with that. That It's long, but it's it's... It's, it's. I think it sums up the vibe of this. Less episode. than ten words. Less than ten words, and it, like it's. It does. I that's think, our, and that's our. And that is our limit from now on. Yes, I do. <laughs> I think it is. I think it does kind of sum up like more than like even like the plot of like what the vibe of this episode was because this episode was a delight where like not a lot happened, but like enough happened, satisfied, and also again it was just like fun. And, like, I think, and I'm going to say, like, right off the bat, I think one of the reasons this episode was so strong is because it focused a lot on Maisie and Olivia. Yeah. It's weird how, like, doing that is, like, to the show's benefit. Wow, it's weird how you guys should have been doing this the entire, and I'm just fucking, and I'm just literally, and I'm just fucking throwing, I'm climbing out my own window as we speak. Oh, yeah. Like, you fucking hooligans. Every fucking day, a love challenged by her inability to pour ketchup. Um, that's a new phrase I haven't heard before. I'm sorry, that's from the uh, Honest trailer, like one of the first Honest trailers ever done of, and it was from Twilight. And oh, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't I, care how many new Twilights they fucking make. I just the never, only you're never going to be able to outdo this only thing I and like listen I have a lot of problems with the Twilight franchise but like the, the only good thing that came out of the Midnight Sun thing was somebody like Robert Pattinson took one look at his throne and then threw it in the fucking ocean <laughs> I just was like yeah that's about yeah that was that was the only thing that because I had my best friend in high school was like super into it so it was the only thing that made it like tolerable was like how fucking much Robert Pattinson hated that series it was the pre-crumpled so, collar like, so oh my god that level of like he was just so about having to be in this fucking movie and like he like he said definitely went like the daniel radcliffe route of like taking a bunch of like wild indie projects after getting all that twilight money and like honestly good for him and then doing batman and then doing batman in a way that makes the kind of nerds that i hate really angry so like and if i don't like his interpretation of batman still worth it delicious he planned things in this area i dug a hole god damn it (laughs) oh god Every day you suffer. So the plot of this episode is that. (laughs) All right. No, the plot of this episode. This episode actually started kind of. I love. We don't get this a ton of a lot, but we sometimes get, um, like times where this happened in season two when they were trying to figure out what like the Legion wanted. Yeah. Um, where they're all sort of just hanging out in their pajamas, which I always yeah. really enjoy. I like the reminder that they all have. I don't I think it's very cute. It's very, yeah, it sort of gives it like the slice of life vibe that the show's pretty good at. Um, and Astro's, of course, being like, I hate all of you and I will never change. Mm-hmm. And this opinion will never change. Oh, never. Anyway. Um, and they're all from? looking, they're like, okay, because Charlie, and here's the thing. We never actually had a formal discussion in show that the loom needs three people. Charlie just couldn't use it. And then I guess we were just like. Just sort of assumed from there that it's like, oh, it must need three people. Shit's frozen. To be fair is not like a bad assumption to make, admittedly. 
mean, I have to, as much as I'm loath to give any of these people like brain points, I'm like, no, that's actually like, I'll give them that one. Even if it's not directly stated, I think it can be pretty safely assumed that that would be no, like a I problem. Mean, I, I agree. Um, that's fair. And so they're all trying to do research, which is very difficult because they're all very stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, sure okay. half a brain cell between the like 12 of them. Oh, yeah. It, it, We're like, they're stupid. Like, you're like, oh, you're stupid, stupid. <laughs> like, you're not even, like, fun, stupid. Um, No, they are fun. In fact, if anything, if anything, this episode definitely established that they are all fun, stupid. Yes. When push comes to shove, they are all very, like... And so they open and they're like, oh, hey, I just conveniently opened to this page. And it's got the Chalice of Dionysus in it. And somebody said, Dionysus, isn't that that BTS song? And they were like, yeah, yeah they I'm made a cup. They made a cup. Here's my, here's my here's my pitch is you have to put, a, you know how we have like a Monty Python reference jar, reference jar, and so on and so forth. Okay, so now you are going to have to put a quarter in the Dionysus video reference jar every single time that this comes up. That's my challenge to you. I feel extremely targeted. I feel like you're being very anti-Young Hosook right now when he has done nothing but bring joy to our lives. Listen, listen, I could have brought up something about how a lot of part four of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is actually based on Twin Peaks, but you know what? I didn't. So, like... Wait, just what? Did. Okay, so a lot of the vibes... So this is... <laughs> the manga, the part four came out in 1999, and we know that Araki's like a huge fucking, like, Westabu, I think yeah. is sort of the term. Um, the plot of part four involves a weird fucking town that has a ton of murders and disappearances of young women. And, um, I mean, Kira and Bob don't really have a lot in common, but the vibe is very similar. And the manga came out in 1999. Twin Peaks came out in 1991 to 1992. And for some reason, Japan fucking loves David Lynch. And so he was kind of a household name over there. Like he'd, he'd done like weird exclusive little coffee commercials, like funky stuff for like Jap Japanese brands. And so it's not, especially because we know he's a horror fan specifically, because a lot of stuff in Phantom Blood is like just from Dawn of the Dead. Um, so it's not out of the question that it was sort of like a whole plot reference to Twin Peaks. Guys, when we get into what this episode was about, it's going to be so good. <laughs> I was, I witnessed, and like, you know what? I didn't say anything because I was like, no, shut the fuck up about your stupid fucking anime. We're here to talk about like Nate shotgunning a fucking beer. But, but like, like, isn't, are the vibes not similar? The vibes are incredibly similar. Um, I do mean, there's so much actually I really did like about this episode. I don't even think we're not talking about it because like we didn't like it. And I know. I think I we just had so much fun with it that we're having. Yeah, also, also, I have ADHD. Yeah, hey. and also because it's like it's like nice to have like normal conversation that doesn't make me feel like death is imminent. The day of reckoning approaches. Like you know what? Right now, given the givens, that's a hard vibe to find. Yeah, that that's true. That's very true. So Nate says they have the challenge of, of Dionysus. We get a very brief flashback of Nate. In a toga, still played by Nick Zano, long wig, just climbing a ladder to try to take this cup and then immediately falling backwards off the ladder. And I'm like, number one, didn't they do this in too many cooks? Number two, as many people pointed out, if he was a hemophiliac, wouldn't that have killed him? 
ass. <laughs> Maybe Nate's been dead this whole time. Oh <laughs> I don't remember these things about their characters. I do. I mean, it is truly, I just, I feel like the, I, and there are ways I can think of having done a, like a joke about that without even necessarily having had that. It's like, you could have avoided all this. I just think that you guys keep, I don't know if they forget that he has homophobia. Homophobia. <laughs> what does that even fucking, what does that even mean? <laughs> we are done. <laughs> I think they just keep fucking, they either don't know what hemophilia is at this point or like don't. I'm inclined to believe that they just don't fucking care. Yeah, but if they don't care, then why did they have It's the Nate's Hemophilia Gala, Rachel and Ari, formal title? Given given the givens, I feel like that might have been just to fuck with us at this point. Like, it's like, okay, yeah, we know he's got hemophilia, but we're not going to write him like he has it. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Huh? Huh? You going to fucking cry? You going to (laughs) fucking Like, what? We think that the writers also share one brain cell between them, just like their characters. So it's it's a great time. Remember how Brandon used to be the one that they would like go to for like series Bible esque stuff? Where I'm like, oh my god, we fucked up so bad. Fucked up so bad. Greg, why did you do this? Guy, the guy with notes about what was going on getting fired does seem like a bad move. I think maybe they got rid of him because he cost too much to keep the Bible. Yes. I mean, I'm just like, but I'm like, I don't mean like, you don't literally have to get like a professionally, this isn't really like a yearbook quality fucking like, bi- like a book. <laughs> it can literally just be a fucking shitty fucking notebook with like everybody's like notes on episodes and characters and like, things. This, and like, it's not like, we're not doing that thing where we're not going, um, actually in season seven of episodes 12, like the, the original version that only aired once in Adult Swim before being abruptly taken off the air, like whatever the fuck, like that doesn't, we're not bringing up that kind of canon, like and nitpicking. We're, we're, we're talking about like pretty basic aspects of like this character. Like it's one of those things where it's like if this was a series Bible, Nate being a hemophiliac would be one of the big things, like like character parts of his character, where it'd be like, here's a thing you should probably know. This is a major, you know, disability that he has to interact with in a lot of ways. Like we're not nitpicking. This is pretty basic. I hate it. I fucking hate it here. Anyway. Fucking hate it here. Uh Zari makes a comment about Nate's college education finally paying off. I'm like, eh, debatable. Yeah. Um pretty charitable i think on her part she is nothing if not a humanitarian and they're like okay well obviously to steal to get this chalice we all have to go to college all of us every single one of us nobody can sit this one out gone to college except for zari yeah i mean at this point based on everybody we have like yeah i doubt that any i'm Sarah, Sarah went. Sarah technically went to college. Sarah was, went to air quotes college air quotes. Sarah air quotes went to college. <laughs> like I just, but it is, it is. I do. I mean, I'm glad that they're all there. I mean, that was the other thing. Is this episode? This episode's B plot was integrated much neater than it can sometimes be. Mm-hmm. I think it's very nice because. Sometimes, like, the B-plots can feel like they're just like, and now for something completely different. Like, we didn't have that 
issue here. Yeah, so Lita's still on the ship from, I mean, I guess this is all supposed to be taking place in one weekend? Oh my god. Wild and crazy weekend. We're, we're fucking are going by, we're fucking doing the true blood progression of time here, I guess. I was going to make another reference, but yeah, that's the, the true blood, true blood, where everything was still happening in like, what, 2012? 2012. When True Blood yeah. ended in 2012. <laughs> Despite the year being 2014, I think. God. God, the things they didn't well, know. It's so weird. Well, I mean, it's nice because we've been friends long enough that I remember you being angry about the True Blood ending. And that was like in 2014. Where it's like, oh, That's so beautiful. It is, truly. Unlike the Tragically beautiful. Blood. Anyway. They all go to college because they need to get the cup. Yeah, sure. <laughs> then And so they all go to college because they need to get the cup. <laughs> and, oh, right, because Nate is like, they give it out during the chug challenge. I think Nate, like, knew how the routine goes. And they're like, okay, that makes sense to us. I'm also like, so your college can officially have something ordained as the chug challenge and, like, the school isn't going to shut it down? I mean, we had beer chug at my chapter, at my Greek week until, I want to say, 2011. We, my chapter won, like, multiple times. First off, congrats. Second off, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where, like, I feel like it's the vibe has got to be, like, fucking Regina George's mom, where it's like, if you're going to drink, I'd rather you do it in the house, which is, like, actually air. It's like, if you're drinking at this, like, supervised, at this, like, scheduled function, at least you're not, like, going off and, like, getting drunk in somebody's shitty fucking, like, van or whatever. Actually, so now that we've now that we have screeched the van into Greek week and they're having a fair and there's all the different sororities and fraternities and fraternities, which Sorry, I'm what? Like, it's a fraternity, which seems to be a multi-gender kind of thing, Greek life thing, where I was like, well, I mean, I guess Udus on the gender inclusivity legends. Sure. You I, guys like, somehow usually come through with that, even when yeah. I'm not expecting you to. So thanks yeah, for that one. I'll take it. Yes. Um. That being said, we're gonna we're gonna toss it over to our uh, sorority expert, Sahar. Were you having what? more? <laughs> Wait. What did you just say? I said Sahar. Were you having more flashbacks? It kind of was because the whole time I kind of felt myself leaving my body as I was cataloging all of the things they got right and all of the things that actually are I mean to be fair the show is about freaking comic book heroes in time and extra space but the whole premise of this episode is that the sorority throws a party in the house and that's not a thing that happens in the U.S. because insurance will not cover our houses getting destroyed from a party which is why all the parties happen at fraternities and there's discussions about well if we have to keep going to the fraternities we don't really have any power so at what point do we get to just party at our own places but again no one wants to clean up all the alcohol after the party what if you just didn't officially say you were having parties and didn't tell anyone um i mean it would be very hard to do because everyone would know I mean, like, maybe you could do, like, the Elks Hall thing, but, like, the sorority would, like, I, I mean, that's the thing is, I'm like, that would get so fucking expensive, but they make you pay so much in dues anyway. There's gotta be a solution. Well, it depends on the sorority and how much you're paying in dues. Like, some sororities are definitely, all right, so there's a lot of not, there inexplicably are non-American people. There inexplicably are people that listen to this podcast. (laughs) Some of them are non-American. So, can we explain Greek life a little bit to 
um, non-American. Sahar, I'm also going to, I'm going to volley this one to you as well, because I only sort of know what it is based on like yeah, I went so, to college. No, you're good. So long story short, the history of Greek life and Greek organizations in the U.S. is that people wanted to have a place where they could hang out and talk about their favorite topics, kind of like what we're doing on this podcast. And yeah. they were like, well, the Latins and the Greeks had these cool organizations, so why don't we just copy them? time they've developed into these actually formatted formal organizations that have nationals which are in charge of all of the rules and figuring out the dues and what have you and the chapters across the u.s some some sororities and fraternities are really small they've got maybe 50 chapters across the u.s and the largest fraternity last i checked has like 300 chapters right and those chapters Change in the sizes of how many members they have. So at my school, which was 35% Greek, which is a pretty large number, I went to a small Midwestern school in the Midwest somewhere. Um, the largest chapter had about 120 people, and the smallest chapter literally had five. So yeah. it really just depends on where you go and the personality of Greek life is at that school. I'm from Texas, so I had no interest in going to Greek joining a Greek organization because I'm from Texas and know how wild it can be down here. When I got to my school, it ended up actually being really interesting. And I figured, you know what, it only cost $10 to go through recruitment because all we did was pay for food. In the South, it costs hundreds of dollars because you have to pay upfront for certain things and you have to get recommendations for the sororities where like alumni, yeah, where alumni and like your mom or like whoever knows you can be like, this mem this woman would be a really great member of this chapter because of these reasons. Alabama, which I think is, it's either Alabama or Arizona, they have 3,700 women go through recruitment. My school had 300. <laughs> so you can see the and vast 300, difference. how many would you say got in? Um, I would say, so the last time, thinking back, this was a while ago. Actually, this year is four years out of my chapter, which is really funny. I feel very old. Like 70 to 80. And then I think actually stayed through their whole full years, probably closer to the 65%, because some people switch schools, some people just end up deciding not to go through the whole process. It really depends. At um, Alabama, I think the percentage is like 10%, if I remember correctly, because I remember reading something very clear. They did like a really interesting in-depth piece about- Right, because it's super, they want it to be super exclusive. Yeah, super exclusive. And and that's the thing, too. It's like Greek life historically and to this day is still very much an exclusive. I mean, you're picking people based on four days of knowing them. The way recruitment works for sororities and similar to in the episode is you have like a just mixer type situation where you get to meet everybody. But the official parties are first day you go to all the chapters on your campus of school. That doesn't make sense. Your campus is this. Your school's campus. There we go. Ramadan, right? <laughs> um, and the second day, you rank the chapters and the chapters rank you. And then you continue ranking each other until the last day you go to like a really small number. So at my school, when I first joined, there were eight chapters. So on your last day, you would only go to two or three parties. And at the two or three parties, you'd talk to some people, they'd share some rituals with you. And then at the end, you'd rank them and you would find out that following Monday, which chapter you got into. Monday night, you would go to the midnight party where they would welcome you. You'd get a t-shirt and some swag, and it's like, oh my gosh, you're one of our new members. My school, we don't even use the term um, rush. It has changed drastically the way language is used, and like we don't even call them girls. As a potential new member educator, we called everyone a woman because we didn't want to infantilize them because like you're in college, you're not a tiny girl anymore, which I think is really interesting. That's not the case with schools across the U.S. No, your sorority sounds amazing, and I think I would have had 
an amazing time if I had gone to your school. I probably, I feel like, I don't know why, probably because you and I have very similar interests and hobbies. And, and I will say, I mean, Wait, when I- did you graduate college? 2016. 26. Okay, so you're two years younger than I am. Well, I will say too, I mean, obviously mine is, I'm, I'm very aware of the fact that like my Greek experience was very much an outlier, but I was telling Ari and Rachel this earlier, the president of my chapter was a black Jewish lesbian one year. So like, <laughs> we had a whole out in Greek like contingent. I actually at the LGBT center when I worked there ran that on Greek or like, um, I really have Ramadan brain. What the heck did we call them? Like the groups where if you were in it was you would come and talk about your life and like talk about things so i was the one in charge of that out in greek one and so our school really worked to be inclusive and actually because of the chapters at my school a lot of the nationals are now fully trans inclusive which obviously in practice congratulations it's different than you know being yeah exactly and so i think by now four years out you know like the big fraternities I don't know about like SE, but like a lot of the big fraternities now are truly actually like if you identify as the gender of our organization, you're in. Um, so you know things have really changed, which isn't to say it's still not exclusive. It's still expensive for a lot of places, and there's still problems with alcohol with everything else. I think that's more reflective of the world we live in than Greek life itself. Yeah, that's sort of a magnification. Like that's not something you can really. This is not like unique to Greek life. This is also just fascinating to me because like this sounds super awesome, and also all of these things are amazing. Um, I have such a weird like I'm like I just wasn't. I had to, I bounced around to colleges a little more than I would have liked for like mm-hmm. family bullshit. So like I never really settled anywhere. So it was kind of hard to do a sorority thing, and also I'm just like fundamentally not that kind of person. <laughs> like I do I love but like every and it's not even like it's not even like that like not like other girls like oh like everyone is everyone I met from a sorority like had a roommate who was in a sorority and she was like so fucking nice and everybody seems like they've got they've got that shit down to a science and it's Mm -hmm. so impressive um but I do find it interesting how specifically like this one cultural thing does actually like sort of like how it gets portrayed in movies like you were like there's actually a lot of like really accurate stuff here it's like it's actually pretty fairly represented in stories which Mm -hmm. i think is interesting because like that's not something that i can say about a lot of other organizations or like school institutions Um, i I will also say to our non-us listeners a lot of i mean some sororities and fraternities have like specific histories so like on my end there are historically jewish um sororities and fraternities historically black sororities and fraternities Mm -hmm. both of which spawn from the fact that like back in the day they didn't let black people or jewish people into sororities or fraternities and i would say so the very clear article i was referencing earlier the reason i read it was because they at the time this was 2013 mind you they were still struggling with fully integrating their chapters which is to say they were supposed to have inclusive recruitment but because of it being 30 something hundred people and because of who was in charge of the recruitment teams for each chapter they were still only actually accepting the white woman and the specifically rich white woman whose parents have yachts right but i think the school that i went to because we were such a nerdy super nerdy school you know everyone was weird so each chapter had a specific personality but we were all weird together 
it didn't really matter whether your parents had a yacht or not. Also, I was in the Midwest. There was nowhere for us to be using the yacht. But um, where, where know, am I even going to put this? So it really, again, it really does depend. You know, my chapter here, the school that I'm at school for grad school, um, really interesting. You know, I've met a bunch of their, the women there and they've been in some of my undergrad classes that I'm in because I'm taking Arabic and the classes that I teach and they're actually really down to earth. But I absolutely admit that when I got here, I was like, mm, I don't know how I'm going to feel about these women because I don't know any better. You know, each school has its own personality and stereotype and some of those stereotypes are real and some of the chapter nicknames that we give are really cursed, but they're there for a reason. So it's just like any organization, you know? That's so weird. Like, it's like, I mean, I totally get why, but it does kind of fascinate me that it can be so context dependent on like what school you go to. Like, it's right. not even like if you go, it's not like if you go to this, if you're in this sorority, this entire sorority is going to be like, it's not, it's not a guarantee in that way. Yeah. Um, where it's like, I do love that. And also, I mean, Rachel, I feel like you're probably dying to talk about that insane recruitment video. Do you... <laughs> Um, at NYU, I just double checked. Um, it's thirteen percent Greek life, which is not a lot, but it is apparently the largest like single organization at NYU. And I'm like, well, yeah, if you total everybody together, yeah, that's not how math works. <laughs> that's not, yeah, that's not fair. I'm like, first of all, the largest single organization is homosexuals, and. I posted my favorite cursed sorority recruitment video, which is the Kappa Kappa Gamma rap video. Absolutely stunning in all ways. But as I will tell the listeners, my first manager was a Kappa Kappa Gamma. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I, this was the biggest deal to me because I was like, like in the song. And she's like, what song? Do I want to know about this? song what did they do now it's such an ominous like even even with context that is so ominous song then my third greek life story is the time where our club had like a specific spot we like to sit um nyu has the lafayette building and the seventh floor is usually like where clubs meet um, and so, like, if you're a club that goes there regularly on a day and has, like, a time, you kind of have, like, there are no official spots, but you kind of in your head are like, this is our spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The cafeteria. And I know there was, like, a fraternity there. And I was like, this is our spot. <laughs> and I kicked them all out. Good job. And I want to stress, I want to stress again. I'm 5'1". That's like when I went and bullied the people who did our budget by convincing them that we hadn't gotten the proper paperwork when I'm sure we had and I just hadn't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> is a push in the right direction. The power, power, the power of like my spot is like, that's just, I think like a social contract that is pretty- When you call fives, that is a blood oath. Yeah. If somebody breaks the rule of fives, they should be put to death. That's that's just oh, okay. Hold on. Okay. Wait, I think I missed something. What's the rule of fives? Oh, fives is when you leave your seat and you say fives on it, and that means that you are holding that seat for five minutes. So, like, okay. you can go to the bathroom or go get something to eat. That's fair. 
And everybody who's at that table with you has to then say to someone who like might come and try to sit down there, like, no, that seat is taken for five minutes. That's fair. That's interesting. That's one of those people. And like, it's Um, something just had people ask me before. That was a big thing in college. They're just like, hey, can you just watch this? And be like, absolutely. I will guard this with my life now. (laughs) This is mine now. I will not let you down. There's such an intense bond with like when you were in college and someone asks you to like watch their stuff because they're running to the bathroom where it's like, listen, I literally don't. I want you to know I will ride or die for your stuff now. Like the amount of trust that it's staying here. The amount of trust stronger than family. Hundred (laughs) percent. Okay, so what the fuck? We wanna where Greek life? I mean, I think we are immediately introduced to Dionysus who is like he's pretty cute his actor was on Riverdale a lot of people told me this but I have not watched enough Riverdale for this to really mean anything to me it's okay doesn't mean anything and immediately we're all kind of like okay Nate falls under like specifically Nick Zano in the interview used the word he said Dionysus swoons Nate and I'm like I'm not sure you know what words mean but I do I do and also (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) But I do. And I just want to say, how dare you? Excuse me. And so we were all kind of like, oh, ha ha, I bet he's going to be super gay. for." D-. And then I was like, oh. Literally the second he laid his eyes on him. Yeah, I was like, oh, wow. We just did not even like wait a second, huh? This Holy was God. actually the first time I have missed Ray since he left. Specifically because I'm like, Ray loves everybody so much. So to have had an episode... <laughs> where he's very much like I don't think De- I don't think Dion is that cool, yeah. <laughs> and everybody and like nobody, and for him to just be mean to this one specific person to be like I don't understand how you could be Nate's best friend. Like oh you went to college with him, I'm his husband. We are not the same. Awesome. Uh-huh. Like, I truly want like you know like way back when when it was like the fucking Camelot episode and like who was it Galahad? Who was my oh, god? It was just like who loves Ray one that truly happened. So, like, I'm like, I wanted that to happen, but, like, Ray gets to be the one to say that now, where it's like, I needed that. I'm so sad we did not get that. Who loves Mick more now, you frozen dead bitch? Leonard! <laughs> <laughs> Leonard, read the room. Read the fucking room. Ghostland just hangs out on the ship and haunts everybody. It's fine. Yeah. Um, And so... Charlie, of course, knows Dion. And incidentally, just want to say, two of them together, like, talking, I was like, oh, I'm not mad at that. Oh, it was really good. I'm like, you two look extremely good together. Congratulations. Just wanted everyone to know that. Like, if, if nothing else, you guys looked very, very good together. Beauty. This also continued the tradition that we've been seeing of Charlie and Nate having... Like, pretty much confirmed in show the same taste in people of same and different genders. Where, like, they both thought the fireman was hot. And they've agreed on how hot Zari is a few yeah. times. And so now I, they're both like, Dion is really hot. Where I, I'm like, oh, well, something's happening here. Clearly we're not, on to something. I just don't know what the fuck it is. Not quite sure what, but we're getting there. Doing it, man. We're making this happen. Gay rights? Gay rights. So I think actually, so let's get into, so Astra is just like, 
well, I hate everything about this. And I was like, that's fair. We've all been there. Astra, we are lenient on murder. We've all been there. Um, Which is essentially the episode. But she immediately tries to take Dionysus's... I don't know. Dionysus. She tries to take his chalice. And he's like, well, first of all, you can only pick that up if I say you're worthy. And I'm like, we're getting dangerously close. We're getting dangerously fucking close. Also, again, like, and then he's like, well, you have to be worthy by beating me in a rap battle. And it's like, wait, no. It's not <laughs> you have to be worthy by beating me in a rap battle. And we're like, <laughs> wait, hold on. Sorry? That, that, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> wait, wait. You're eventually heading to that. Like, Legends is a show. I gotta say. And, and Nate is like, no problem. <laughs> I love you. The, the worst thing about Nate and Dionysus is that Dionysus was also clearly very into it. Yes. So the fact that they, and like, and that's the thing is like, Nate was like with him in college where I'm like, oh, so you two were just fucking like constant. Like, well, really he says that they went that, well, cause Nate goes, Nate went to the other school. He went to the rival school, but I'm sure he interact, but he knows Dion well enough that I, it feels like he must've interacted with him several times. That's the thing is I missed that. I must've, I, sometimes I miss well, that. So the school that they just went to, did they go to Hudson University this week? Or was or did Nate go to Hudson University and this is Hudson University's rival school? Well, it doesn't matter. But um Hudson University was mentioned as either this school or the rival school. And that's the college Dick Grayson goes to. Where I'm like, oh, so Nate and Dick Grayson were just fucking constantly. Yes. Great. Perfect. Thank you. I hate it. Is Titans season three would we be on? That's the crossover ship I need. Oh my god. Every time I think about Titans season three, because I'm like, Brenton hasn't actually done anything, and Dick Grayson and Titans hasn't actually really done anything wrong either. Dick Grayson and Titans is one of those characters. He's not like Barry. Well, he is kind of like Barry, where I'm like, you are actively ruining everyone's life. But then he looks at like Corey and I'm like, that's my ship. Yep. Uh, I, that, I never said that Dick Grayson is my friend. But Brenton Poitz is just constantly, I just constantly think about that. Like Brenton Poitz is what Grant Gustin thinks he looks like. Oh my <laughs> God. God. Oh. Just brutal read of Grant Gustin. It's kind of beautiful. And like, what has he done to deserve it? A lot of things. Well, I mean, yeah. Actors and people who came to work with him on the show. We were just talking. Do you, um, Sahar, do you remember if this school was Hudson University or if the school that Nate went to was Hudson University? This school was Hudson University. Thank you. Okay. Because we could not remember. Could not remember. Wait, it cracks me up that Hudson University is both in DC Comics and a bunch of crime shows. Like in a universe somewhere, criminal minds exist at the same time as. Well, as I was telling Ari, that's why we were talking about Brenton Thwaites, is because um, Dick Grayson in the comics goes to Hudson. So. Nate and Dick Grayson, I'm sure. We were just basically talking about how, like, the very interesting thing, we talked about how Charlie and Nate, they continue this weird in-show canonical thing oh, yeah. where Charlie mm-hmm. and Nate really have the same taste in people. And then... Like the same person together. And then also the fact that, like, yeah, Nate was very clearly into Dion, but, like, Dion was also very clearly into Nate. Yes. It was, like, mutual, which was so nice. He was into him before he gave him the fancy drink to find out all his secrets. First of all, the fancy drink to give him all his secrets. I was actually, I was going through the episode because I needed to give Charlie an Astra. 
So when you're in Photoshop and you're just dragging your cursor through the timeline, obviously you're going to see things. And I'm like looking at his face when he does this. And I'm like, okay, we get it. You like men. Yeah. I'm like, what could truly be more Greek than like men. anal? Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> I, also, I also love that episode because there wasn't even really that much that was different about Nate. It was one um, of those things where like, I was kind of waiting for Astra to be like, oh, like Nate's under, he must have gotten control of Nate somehow. And for everyone to be like, oh no, Nate's just, uh... Nate's just like that. Nate's very eager to please, as you might say. Yeah. It was like, also, it was like really, it was so fucking funny because it really was so like, you know, I thought there was going to be some weird fucking like, like scene where he like bewitches him specifically, where it was going to be like this thing that they were doing. But like, no, like he just is like, he just is like immediately like there's no fucking turn like it just happens which is kind of impressive and i think and like that's the thing is like with nate as a character I'm like no i buy that that yeah that that's well, he's, the whole reason nate's there is because he wants dionysus to think he's cool while lita is actually getting things done so yeah. let's speaking of gay stuff let's go to um nate mick and lita oh gosh, so lita is great. like Lita is like, oh, my guidance counselor said I should apply here, but I can't afford it. And Mick is Mick does that thing where it's like, oh, he'll he'll make sure you can afford it. Yeah. So they're going on a college tour. And I think my favorite thing about that first thing when they're walking out of the building is that uh, Mick goes, yeah, great building. Lots of brick, not flammable. Where is like fire as much as Mick does it. And what was great about that is, so they meet this family that is essentially the um, Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And they are, I mean, they're not even like obnoxiously rich. They're just rich in that way where it's like, shut up. Yeah. They made enough to make a building. That's pretty obnoxiously rich. Oh, I meant them as people. Oh, well, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. They're just there talking about how they want their son to get And I actually think it was more impactful because, like, if if they were sort of, like, making fun of Mick and Allie, that would be very obvious. But the fact that they're just kind of existing and that's why Mick and Allie, like, they don't even have to do anything. Just Mick and Allie both just feel like outcasts based on their backgrounds. That was very clever. Honestly, a smarter move than, like, having them sort of outright be, like, assholes would have been where it's like no when you just sort of have like the whole point is like oh they're literally a lot like it's the carelessness of wealth kind of thing where it's yeah. like that was yeah. making they can be nice because they're rich yeah and honestly the son kind of did try to help lita they were talking about like their resumes profiling yeah he yeah. did think that was like a, it would it, like that like and that's and that's more impactful that is like no he didn't like say or do anything mean there is like you know she was already clearly feeling like insecure about like her right to be there basically and like you could kind yeah. of tell that like she a lot was riding on this for her like i gotta say like i will say for a lot of for not having a lot of time to do it there was some pretty good i think we got a good vibe of like lita's character and like some of her anxieties and fears as like a teenage girl in a way that I felt were very genuine and actually really um, good. She was a teenage girl like going into college, like a teenage girl who's like 
presumably like middle class or like lower middle class it's like yeah that can be you know she like was clearly out of the gate already like worried about money mm-hmm. and, like, that sort of gives a different vibe to her this is this is good it's like it gives a different vibe to last episode where she was like oh fuck like dad we can totally like we can make so much money off of all this and nick being like no i don't want you to be like me and it's like well now we have some different context for that where like we as viewers know like oh she really wanted that because you know part of that must have been oh she must have been worried about being able to afford college and it's like wow i might take care to characterize um and actually so so the the most incredible thing happens which is halfway through the college tour which is just the gale college tour episode Hmm. um it is it was that was it um nate shows up and is like sorry i'm like and like announces himself to the entire tour group which is completely unnecessary i'm like just join the fucking tour quietly why are you the thing that that you can he can do he doesn't want to be quiet just join the fucking tour like a normal person you asshole but um because he had to brag about the fact that he had a phd otherwise he wasted all that all of his parents money for nothing um (laughs) is the only thing that impresses the rich family though yeah it 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 is and so nato and so mick is immediately like this is lita's father and I feel like, and this is the thing, we know the Legends writers, and we know that, like, the cast and the writers are, like, kind of aware. They're actually probably too aware of yeah. the online. Um, like and so, like, well, yeah, we could say the writer intent was for Mick to just be, like, pretending this was Lita's dad and he wasn't. What it actually reads like is Mick being like, oh, Lita's stepdad is here. Yeah. Because like no one is going to think that you who like you, Mick, who has accompanied her on this college tour the entire time hey. was not her father. Yeah, like, Everyone was just like, uh, okay, gay rights. Oh, yeah, glad like, you interrupted us. We have things to be doing. They were literally all just like, I don't <laughs> those homosexuals are so flamboyant, they just make me want to light everything on they just make me want to set myself on fire. So like it's so fucking funny, truly. Like it just like because it is. I'm just like, what 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 did you think was going to happen? Actually, I wanted to introduce a new segment to the podcast. Okay. Okay. Something that I think we should do weekly, and it's called uh, Phil. What's the vibe? Oh my god! Phil has like blocked us on every type of social media, so he doesn't have to answer. And this week's Phil, what's the vibe? Is Mick going, yeah, that's Lita's stepdad. Well, it's not just Mick going, that's Lita's stepdad, but then them immediately going to Dion's house and her being like, oh, why are you, her being like, oh, you're flirting with that hot piece of ass, even though you're my dad's hot piece of ass? And it is like, it's complicated. It's First of all, complicated. Mick going, no, it's unrequited, it stresses me out because do you know what that word means? Also, Wait, are exactly don't throw like what the fuck are you saying? what do you mean unrequited what are you fu- like why that was one that was a word that definitely made me do a double take where i was like okay hold on a second why are what why are we talking about this and again like with the with the callback and i'm like i have no idea if this is delivered or not but like when bayrod was like yeah. Nate loves a tragic romance where i'm like okay 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 okay, okay. and so i asked you phil what is the vibe? 
Like, what were we? What did we think was happening here? What the fuck is going on in here? Rita is like, okay, so also uh, Dion, and like, this actually did make sense that Dion is like, you know, we have beer and we also have energy drinks for kids because it's obviously some kind of like tour week, Greek week. So I'm sure they're expecting that kids are going to come look at the houses like teens. Yeah. But as someone pointed out, like, um, children aren't supposed to have energy drinks. I mean, like, no one is supposed to have energy drinks, honestly. The thing is, too, it's like, most schools actually don't. The tours, well, you might walk past Greek Row, but usually the tours don't really talk about it, unless the school is known for its Greek life and, like, the people who leave these chapters become president kind of deal. Are, so, (laughs) the house for, I can't remember their name, but Zion's house, or Dion's house, Reminds me of one of the chapters at my school where they used to have a ball, like a beach and volleyball thing on the front lawn, and then their house got condemned. And instead of it being rebuilt, uh, first year admissions just had them have their house moved because they were like, we don't want people walking down the street and seeing you guys outside <laughs> because they were too chaotic for the street. So all of the other chapters got to stay, including the dental frat, which partied harder than any of the other frats on our campus. But they still weren't allowed to build. They were like, no, we're going to put a parking lot here. You can go to the other end of campus. Yes. I don't think dentists should have rights. Um, yeah, I have, I have, I have so, the phrase dentist frat raises more questions <laughs> than it does answers. I gotta say. It, well, that answers one question, but leaves so many others. So many others. <laughs> um, yeah. They had a swing outside and they always partied really late at night and that's kind of the thing where it's like, if you mention Greek life, it's like, that's sort of the thing that people bring up like, oh, but what about like the hazing? And I heard that's really bad. And then like, and that's why that's the thing I've seen a lot of sororities take steps sort of address publicly more. Like that's what I see a lot of. Yeah, I've seen sororities take a lot more charge against that than fraternities. Yeah. And I would say it's interesting too, because. I mean, people who have been hazed, they, they, like, you know, when people interview them, a lot of it absolutely is the, like, well, we went through it, so the new members have to go through it, too. And um, it's it's problematic. And that isn't to say that the chapters on my campus didn't haze. Some of the fraternities totally did. Um, we're not even allowed to have scavenger hunts, because one year, the scavenger hunt ended with, you need to go jump in the lake and find this thing. No, bad. The other time, um, they were like, you need to dig a hole, and after five they finally found the clue and our Greek life office was like you guys are absolute assholes stop that so you know it's still a problem like there are plenty of schools that still have hazing issues but I think there's been more of a movement to move away from that because partly the fact that people are dying partly because it's becoming more of a uh, liability because in the past it was like oh kids will be kids like whatever it's part of their like bonding and blah 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 but now it's literally like no like my child died i'm gonna sue the heck out of you i will sue you until you also die (laughs) pretty much that is i think i think that might be the most american fucking thing in the world like honestly kind of beautiful but on the other hand i do think i do think if your campus has turned a blind eye to hazing and people are dying you you do at some point have to break the I mean, like, I just don't understand what you I expected meant, to meant, happen. I meant, I meant suing you until you die is the most American thing. I- that is true. That is kind of, that. that is our country's that motto. Is, that's, yeah, that, do- that might as well, e pluribus unum, my fucking ass. Like, <laughs> I will say that is one of the things that I really appreciate about this episode is partly the realism of, like, 
and they create the chapter, which, and that's actually how chapters are created. So people from nationals who are in their early, usually later 20s, because you have to be a consultant to be able to go to a different uh, campus. They come on and they like stand on the quad or wherever, like most people gather and they literally are like, we're interested about colonizing, which awful term, but we're interested in colonizing a new chapter on the campus. Like we are interested in like these types of women. This is our motto. These are the colors. These are our, Another thing too, I want to mention, by the way, that the episode doesn't touch on because they don't need to, is that one of the biggest parts of our Greek life is philanthropy. So like my chapter, our whole thing is domestic violence awareness. All of our events, all You're of the absolutely correct. Every most, to, everyone has like a cause. Yeah. My sister, yeah. my sister did uh sorority stuff for a while. So I do remember her mentioning that. Yeah. I will say like that's really cool. And so they they do all of that. They have like a like a presentation, blah blah blah, and then they they pick some of the members and they interview them, and that's who starts the chapter. So the way that Sarah and Zari and Charlie and Astra collectively go about it is actually totally proper. But I really like the sign where it's like no hazing and like true girl power rah, rah like it is about bringing together a group of women who have commonalities and push each other to become better as a group as opposed to just like we're gonna be the stereotypical pink sorority and you know pass around the paddle and all of the stuff i that will they say i mean okay. I, 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 love love that. I also i i am so fascinated to know that that's how that really works though because i thought that was just like your sort of heist film like assembling the crew necessity kind of thing <laughs> I love yeah. that. And I also thank you for reminding me that they were throwing knives. So Mr. Like, Harris, God, that's the most of all, would you say your thing. sorority would have been pulling off a heist? I'm sorry, I missed the first part. Say that again. I said, how capable do you think your sorority would have been at pulling off a heist? Very good because we watch the ocean movies all the time. God. It is like assembling a heist crew. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, I, I will that. say one of the things that I actually didn't hate is that the sorority, like, yes, it's pink, it's very stereotypical, but the girl herself is not, like, mean. No. She's a little put off by Charlie being, like, a punk, which is, eh. But... I mean, like, not like... She's the, also more just kind of, like, you two, you two home of... You two gays just came in here with your enemies to lovers plot. Like, one, we all... Like, everybody on that campus was like, do I hear enemies to lovers? Yes. But also... <laughs> You ruined my party for like you ruined this for everybody for no reason. Can you please yeah. go? I mean, that was the thing, and that's kind of why it was because it was that was such a because it's that thing where it was like, I mean, I just sort of I was like, I think Charlie actively wants people to be like a little intimidated by her vibe, and like I respect the fuck out of that. But okay. I, I think what I found fascinating about that whole exchange was I was like, okay, so we're gonna clearly establish here that like Astra Astra talking about hell is not to literally bring up the concept of like the literal actual hell. She's just talking about having like an abusive home life where I'm like yeah. at this point, like that's why I'm like, and that's why no one really balks at it. Like in a way where it's like, you would think that like people might. So it's not like, I'm like, also, she's very, yeah. Cause so, many, Cause so many people refer to high school as hell. Yeah. That made sense to me. I could understand why, yeah. but like, I, I think this is actually a great way to glide into Charlie and Astra, which was, I think, one of the best. I mean, like, Zari and Astra last week was very interesting and very good. And mm -hmm. I'm actually sort of fascinated in the differences between them because mm -hmm. it's not that, like, because there's nothing. Zari is a very kind, caring person. But, like, 
I don't know if there's just something about her and Astra, like they're a little too alike, where they both mm -hmm. are kind of always trying to be like, oh, well, I know you can do this because I can do this, but I can also do this. Right. Where Charlie is a little bit more like exasperated at Astra. She's not so much like posturing. Oh my God, they were so, like Sarah was like, you two, enemies to lovers plot. Let's do it. Chop, chop. Let's go. Love that. But Let's get the show on the fucking road, baby. It's also, it's interesting because I mentioned this last time, but it's not even that Astra is necessarily any of their actual enemies. All she, yeah. like, she just wants her mom back, which is super, I have parents, but relatable for a character to, like, want their family. Like, especially when the mom that she's had, the person raising her is really awful. Yeah, we're really like, at that point. Back. <laughs> Yeah, at that point, it's like if you know you have a real, like a like a, a better, cooler mom, like, yeah, I'd probably want that better, cooler mom too, like mood. But like, I do, and that is actually, thank you for bringing it up, because that is, I think, an important, like, she's not even really trying to kill John anymore. So they have oh, no reason. She's just fucking vibing at this point, where it's like, no, I do think that's an important thing to sort of make a point about is like, she's not, they have no reason to not try and befriend her. Like, the issue now isn't so much that she's like, oh, I'm, like, your enemy and you shouldn't... Like, at this point, the, the issue is that Astra doesn't really know how to trust and be loved. And, like, that is something that this show, despite all the shit I give it on a near-constant basis, does so... Because it deserves it. Which it totally deserves. But, like, that is something it does better than, like, quite literally almost any other show out there where it's like, okay, you guys are really good at, like, making a point of like hey you you there you deserve love even if you came from like a dysfunctional upbringing and like so there's they actually really intelligently they were like okay so first we're gonna have mick and lita standing outside and he put his he put their name on the building instead which is fucking hilarious to me because i'm literally just picturing him like on the phone and like leonard is there and he's like what are you doing and mick is like nothing it'll make sense later <laughs> It's, it'll it'll make sense. Shut up. <laughs> it'll it'll make sense in post. Fix it in post. It's fine. Why do you care if your name is on a college building? Uh, well, vibes. You see, there are so <laughs> many times that Mick just phases clean out of reality. Um, and so Astra also really brilliantly had the I'm not like them or I'm not like she had the I'm not like them plot, but her I'm not like them was the legends. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so while Mick and Astra were bonding, it was really, I think, important to see that she was like, did I say Mick and Astra? Mick and Astra should be allowed to bond because that fucking line Astra had, which was like, when I was going out his place to burn it down, I was just like, first of all, if she had come up to Mick with that Molotov cocktail, he would have just been like, yes, him, picks it up, Let's inspects go. it, him, we need a bigger bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Mick is not allowed around Astra because can you imagine the the vibes, the vibes she would have? Oh yeah, they're beautiful. He's trying Mick is trying so hard every day to die. And Oh god. <laughs> well no, and I think it was really interesting that Lita and Mick were both like I don't I mean I don't understand why you're ashamed of yourself. You're great. Hey. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, the what you need is like to make yourself happy first and i thought that was like really sweet and it came from a really genuine loving place mm -hmm. 
because and then they immediately have Charlie going to Astra. And when Astra is like, and she's like, you know, this isn't right. And Astra's like, I actually don't. Because this is what I was raised like. And I was like, and I was like, if that's a thinly veiled criticism of me, I won't hear it. And I won't won't respond to it. Every time. Like the fact that she like, it's such a specific line of I don't actually is like that one hit me where it's like that is such a like the I like when you this is something where it's like sometimes you literally don't know any better where it's like when you're in a bad place you can't this isn't like it doesn't when you're in a bad place or you're surrounded by irrational dysfunctional people you cannot act rationally you cannot act well you can do it in other ways and with other relationships and around other people. When you are around those people and in those relationships and in that environment, you can't. And if that's your only environment, which it was for Astra, it's like, yeah, you have nowhere to, like, this is her first time, like, out of hell. Like, like she this doesn't. This around real people. Exactly. Where it's like, of course she, fu- like, she literally has never had a chance to try to like and, and even if she knew hypothetically how to be a better person like she just woke up with like a list of here's how to be a better person. like she had nowhere that she could like practice that or try that because she couldn't have tried it with lachesis like it wouldn't have like it doesn't it, it doesn't work that way it's like it, that was a very specific i really liked them recognizing that it's like she absolutely has the potential to be a good person but like it's like she's never had the chance She's never had the kind of situation or life or people in her life that allow that for her. Mm-hmm. And that's really, like, again, like, the show, sometimes I'm like, why the fuck do we keep coming back to the show? And then it's just stuff like this. And I'm like, yeah. There it's we like, go. when it gets good, it does it really freaking well. And that's why it hurts when everything else is haram. Because you're just like, God, you were so close last time. Just stay there. Stop leaving the close area. You're leaving it. Leaving and I it. cannot stress this, <laughs> this enough. Show, you are, you are leaving, leaving it. And this show plays to its strengths. And it can do that. You have to just play to your... Like, you have to know what you're good at and just keep fucking doing that. Please, I'm literally begging you. And what head. you're good at is the actors of color literally carrying this show on their fucking shoulders. You know, like, such a thankless fucking job. God damn. I see um, you. I respect you. And... So um, I think it was also like, because it was the same thing that sort of Mick and Lita said to each other, which is like, you don't have to change. And your way of thinking is not necessarily wrong. But, you know, the I think the really specific thing that Charlie said to her was like, and it wasn't even that she was like, she's like, I don't have to hurt people anymore because I have them. But what the real message of that was, was hurting people doesn't actually make you feel better. People doesn't make them like you, it just makes them dead. Like, I was that was literally the thought in my head. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Glad again, one brain cell. But this is also mm-hmm. something where, like, the the thing also that really hit me this episode, like with Mick and Lita, that was such a good sort of nuanced take on like I think, you know, especially because like I was talking before about how Lita is actually a pretty realistic depiction of like a young, you know, middle, lower middle class teenage girl, like in a really like 
it's just supposed to be an Ivy League air quotes kind of school, I think, or they're treating it like it is, or at the very least, like a big important school. Um, sister Ivy. Yeah, something, something fancy. I could, but call like, it, I could definitely see it being like an Amherst. I don't like I I I don't think it doesn't like that's just the vibe they're trying to present for reasons. Like I don't yeah. actually, you know. But I appreciated a lot that Nick was like these don't have to be your people either. Like maybe they won't understand you either, but like that doesn't mean that you aren't that who you are and how you feel and what you do isn't important and that you aren't eventually going to find people who get you and care about you and understand you because that's something where it's like i mean i'm sure most kids in high school who are like hey or like just weird in a certain kind of way are like college is going to be so much better and there's gonna be so many people who understand me and it's gonna be great it's gonna be this it's gonna be that and it's like you're putting all your expectations on it because high school sucks so fucking much um in a lot of ways and it's like I think one of the most important things about college, some things don't change. You mm-hmm. can, number one, you can avoid them. This is key. There's a lot of stuff you can't escape in high school. There are a lot of things you can escape in college and just choose not to do or participate in. And that's a good thing. Remove yourself from bad situations. Yeah. Not find your people, quote unquote, in college. Like you still deserve to find your people and like you will. And, like, that's actually a pretty great, like, sort of nuanced take on it that I really appreciated. It actually is very interesting because specifically last season when we had the episode titled Gary Comics. um, God. And Ari died on the spot. Um, Like, my fucking blood just ran cold. Thanks. We were talking about how Gary, like, we understand where Gary is coming from of, like, wanting the legends to be his people, wanting to fit in with them because he thinks they're cool. And, like, he's an adult and this should be, it should be different. And it's just just a big nerd. But you can't force people to be your people. And that kind of message and just the whole thing with him felt very unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. But with Lita, it seems like they've kind of changed their tune with it because it seems like they've realized, like, I kind of felt like, first of all, I think what they were saying is, you know, it was that it's the fucking, I, I don't want to reference it, but you guys know that fucking Harry Potter gift set, the infamous one that's just like, there are 7 billion people, 7 billion souls, and sometimes all you need is one. I, I don't know this, or if I do, it's been a very long time, but yes. But it was it was that vibe with both with both um, Astra and Charlie and Lita and Mick. And I will say, um, I think it was great that they got Lita and Mick involved in their plan. Yes. But I also am just like, I was watching with closed captions. <laughs> and you guys have heard this story, but I need the listener to feel it. I want to walk everybody through my journey. Yes. It was a journey, so, all right? So as you know... Lita, Mick lights all the kegs on fire, which I guess causes them to explode. I'm not a physicist. Um, I don't know how science works. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Barry Ellen. <laughs> when Nate said to fucking Dionysus, you're a looker and a cooker, and I was like, could we all please? Can you imagine how much easier my life would be if this show would just be like, yeah, Nate likes men. Nate wants to date men. I would be, I could go, I could fucking finally retire. 
I please let me just fucking die already. I've had so much. Bean, when the rock comes back. And so yeah, exactly. Maybe when God, I'm waiting for Barad to come back every single day of my life. Please, we need you. Help me, Obi-Wan. So Charlie draws Dionysus into the keg closet, which is the only way I know how to refer to it. Yeah. And sure. then she runs out as Mick lights everything on fire. And what Lita says to Mick is like, Dad, now, which is fine and makes sense. But the closed captions and what's happening on the screen were a little off. And because also, first of all, I can't fucking, I, I have old, horrible eyes. I can't see shit. Um, so I don't know if she was on screen because I couldn't really see her. I know Charlie was still in the frame, sort of running out. So for a second, it looked like Charlie had called Mick dad. <laughs> and like, logically, I knew that didn't make sense. Yeah. But like, I, I truly feel like I blacked out. I don't know how to describe it. I mean, the emotion I felt was intense and, and indescribable. <laughs> yeah, more than fair. I was truly, I, I was a part of me. And then I was like, oh, Lita's there. Lita's there. It's not us. <laughs> Literally, it's not us was my reaction. I, I was like, I don't, I need Dominic Purcell's address so I can write him a letter detailing this experience. You should see if he has a website and if he does fan mail. I don't think he's well organized enough to do that. Okay, well, I'm about to try it. He's only organized enough to accidentally post his medical records on Instagram for a brief moment. Yeah, that's fair. And who among us is perfect? All God's children. You don't have to put your face in the pillow. <laughs> and it was an episode, and so then, like, Dionysus, and I so completely, like, Astra's plot resonated so strongly. Because they keep being like, no, no, we'll do it this way and it'll work out. Right. And it's not happening. And she's just getting, and like, she's someone who's clearly also already very angry and like for good reason. Right. But like, she's just getting like so mad. And so like, I mean, not to give Legends a ton of cinematography credit, but having her like literally have a lighter and then like close the lighter was like yeah. a very clever shorthand. Yeah. Was very good and closing like yeah we get it you're closing the door okay me too like but like honestly me too so for charlie to then like look to her and be like okay what do you want to do like hey do you want to for charlie to be like you know what guys aren't we tired of being nice don't we just want to go ape shit i wonder hey. like yeah yeah that makes that tracks yeah was so satisfying because, and, and it's another thing, like, it's that thing that Legends does really well, which is, like, they don't punish Astra for being, like, traumatized and having traumatized behavior. They're instead like, hey, you want to fucking go hog wild? I mean, like, as someone who also believes that the question is violence and the answer is yes, I get it. Violence is not the answer. Violence is the question. 
<laughs> and the answer, she is yes. <laughs> but just the way Astro like smiles after Charlie sort of tells Astro like we're still going to accept you no matter what and Astro just sort of starts low-key like clinging to Charlie and like looking in her general direction and I was like are we all seeing this Noelle are we seeing this can I get Noelle Stevenson on the line oh my lanta <laughs> where again I I'm I'm one of, I mean, maybe we're just all old, but I'm like, I don't need them to actually be canon to ship them. I don't know if they have a chance of being canon. It doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, I don't really care about that. I mean, I think it's one of those things where, like, we joke about it a lot, but literally everybody on the show is dating. Yeah, no, I mean, seriously. Fall in love. We've actually had that established pretty pretty closely in canon, so, like, fuck it, you know? Because except for the people who are literally siblings and, like, not be attracted to other people yeah, due to their sexuality. Like they all interact in this way where it's like part of it I think is because they're all stuck on the ship together and don't have any other friends. And part yeah. of it is that they generally all are really into one another. Yes. Which incidentally you bringing that up, I'm like, I'm waiting. Friends is not a good show or a funny show and I don't like it. But the one the joke they had where they were all really confused that somebody's knocking on the door because they were all there and they were the only friends the other had where it's like if you guys are gonna do a friends reference next episode or whatever fucking episode in the future and you don't yeah. make that joke, I'm gonna be so disappointed. That's the only good bit they ever had. Only good bit. I also want to just point out in this episode, like Charlie and Zari, like Zari had five. Well, she technically had, I think, four outfits, but like she had without, no, she had five because one outfit is the same. Yeah. It just had the coat and then it didn't have the coat. Mm -hmm. And Charlie and Astra each had four outfits, including outfits they wore on the ship for one scene where Ava's like, okay, you two go to the, like, like the luncheon. And then they, we never see those outfits again. And they were good outfits. It's, I mean, that's par for the course during recruitment because you have four days of recruitment usually or five depending on the school that you go to and you wear different clothes each time. Um, But I was just like, you know what? I feel like we did fire Brandon for the wardrobe and I hate to say it, but like we had Worth to do it. what we had. We did what we had to do. I mean, just as much shit as we like to give up. Sorry, God. We, I mean, narratively, it was time. It was time. <laughs> Everybody, and we'll talk a little bit more about the aliens thing and the plot they dropped for season six. I think probably towards the end of this, because like, let's get through this episode first before we talk about speculation for season six, which who even knows when we're going to fucking get it. I mean, let's be real. We're speculating about a season that is speculative in general. And like, I know we're all kind of a little bit like, where are Maisie and Olivia on this? But then... A uh, friend of the show, Jay, was like, Maisie is, like, always left off this thing. I don't know why, but she is. And another friend of mine counterchecked that, and she's like, she is? That's weird. Where I'm like, oh, okay. The CW, I forgot that the CW hates its black actresses. My mistake. Yeah. Especially, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm not, well, of course, we're not going to be able to say anything until the finale. Um, But, like, when Uba was talking about when they were doing the before legends with the two writers for mm -hmm. this episode, and she was talking about Maisie and she was like, just gushing with her about like, she's like, when you have the gift of working with Maisie Richardson sellers. Right, and right. I was like, me too. I'm like, she gets it. She's showrunner now. But I also think that, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll table it for a segment until Lari gets back and we actually get to that point in the episode. Yeah, but real yeah. quick before I forget, I just want to say, Zari getting to stay super haram was a mood and I have that on loop forever. 
honestly glad she did. I loved it. And, of course, we all know that that's probably going to come back and say next episode. But until then, I'm excited for her to be able to say, one, Super Harmon, two, she's at the point now where she trusts everyone to bring her brother back. At the beginning, she would not have trusted them as far as she could have thrown them. No, and I think that's, I mean, that's so, and she also trusts them because she, the little Zari in her bracelet trusts them. This is true. <laughs> I love little Zari in her bracelet. I hope she gets to come. I mean, we know she's coming out at some point, but, ha, uh, secondary joke there. But <laughs> I'm excited to see how that goes because it's a good time for whatever ends up happening. I'm just, I mean, like, and that's one of those things. I think one of the whole reasons I mentioned, I don't know if Charlie and Astra would be canon is because, you know, people give me asks like, hey, do you think there's a chance for this to happen? And I'm like, I don't really feel comfortable answering these because it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. It's like this thing where, like, I'm like, back in my day, no, um, I think content, especially something like Legends, is kind of only as good as what you, the viewer, make of it. Yeah, because the original content is... Because the original content it's kind is, of garbage. <laughs> is, 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 sometime, is sometimes good, at best. <laughs> if we're nice to it. Unless not just right. Just so if if we make better. Legends, if you, just, if you just work with the what you're given... Um, and I just don't really know when this shift, I mean, and you're someone who has also been in fandom, I think, for a long time and has observed these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. I said observed, it might have sounded like absorb, both can be true. Um, when did this switch to like things needing to be canon or they don't matter, like start? Did Voltron also do this? I actually don't think it's Voltron. I think it it predates Voltron by a little bit. The only thing is... Well, then, brain, I cannot remember off the top of my head what show or what media caused it, but I think part of it is the fourth wall breaking. Because there is no longer a fourth wall, people feel like, well, we're talking to these casts, we're talking to the writers, we're talking to the producers, and therefore, like, this power that be word of God situation has happened, where before yeah. the fourth wall, there was no chance you'd ever get to get any kind of feedback from the people involved in the show. It was super separate. And so as cons have become more and more well, you know, pre-pandemic, you could ask all the questions in the world, you could go to the panels, you could tweet at people. That I think has really forced this level of, well, it has to be canon for it to count. Like the three of us are used to, no, like whatever is in there, you pull from it, you make it happen, you make it yours. Because for so long we couldn't get it in the first place, especially when it comes to like LGBT content. Yeah. And so now because it's happening, especially because of the way people treat kids media, which we'll talk about at another point, like we expect that everything has to actually be set in stone. Like I said before, canon is just a way for people to like, pretend like they know more about something. Yeah, exactly. It's still a thousand fucking degrees. <laughs> it's like human being temperatures downstairs. Right. Um, ignoring all that. Uh, so we were just talking about like, you know, how I will get asks like, oh, do you think that this could actually have or have a chance of being canon? And I don't really answer it because it doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah. Matter. And then Sahar made the very um good point of like, well, we don't have a fourth wall between us and creators anymore. So people are always up in everybody's business. Yeah, it's the worst fucking thing, gotta say. Hate it. 
And we should fucking put the lid back on. You should absolutely put the lid back on. Yeah, that's like, listen, I'm someone, I love knowing how things are made. I love knowing behind, like, I love production stories. I love, like, concepts. I love how, like, I, I find all this stuff fascinating. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, there needs to be an understanding of boundary. Like, it's like, no one, it's like, I'm not saying that creators can never talk, but it's like, we don't really have boundaries anymore. And that's the fundamental thing where I'm like, we have to establish that there are new boundaries that need to be set because there are new avenues of communication. It's like, maybe it's just because I'm for like, I'm fairly old fandom wise, but I'm like, I don't want, I don't, I'm not in fandom to number one. I'm not in fandom to win with my ships, quote unquote. Two, I'm not, like, I don't really give a shit about what the create. like, I mean, like, to an extent, like, yeah, obviously I want to analyze why a creator creates the way they do, but also, like, none of you have heard of Death of the Author? <laughs> like, oh, that's what's that. like, it's not what, like, shipping for me isn't about, like, what ship is gonna fucking win, it's like, what dynamics am I interested in exploring in my own work? And what do mm -hmm. I think the show is saying or not saying with how certain characters are portrayed and their relationships? It's like CBS has absolutely zero rights except for giving us elementary, but they do this really well where yes, some of their shows, and to be fair, it's not genre, it's procedural. So I know it's a little bit different than like comics and sci-fi and fantasy, but nonetheless, they have writers, but that's it. And they go to cons once in a while, but they don't do this. Let me get in your business. Let me like everything that fans post. And in God. fact, most of their actors straight up don't have social media except Instagram. And if they do have any activity on Twitter, they do not like anything that fans post. They stay completely steer clear of it. And I think that if the CW the stars for Lucy Liu. <laughs> if if the if the CW had its actors do that, one, I think a lot of the backlash that a lot of the actors and actresses of color get would down because they're not getting any feedback because most of them are racist trolls right and then two yeah. they don't have to deal with people in their mentions all the damn time because the people in their mentions realize oh these actors are not going to respond to anything i have to say to them so i almost just wish the cw would move forward just be like you know what don't have any social media presence but they thrive on with social media so we're stuck oh my god cw actors would die without the attention though so CW actors are not except, well, except like except like Maisie Richardson Sellers, who is incredibly private. I mean, I mean to read all the actors because you know I like a lot of them, but like Stephen Amell would die without that attention because yeah, he's not he's not talented enough. Like someone like Lucy Liu or Johnny Lee Miller, he's not confident enough in the fact that he's talented because he has none. So he needs that constant like fan feedback because sure. otherwise <laughs> he has no use. Now that the pandemics have killed cons and he won't be making more money than we will see in our lifetime at one con, it won't matter. I honestly, every single so day, every single day, I'm fucking like, white bread is $2.50 at the grocery store. Better experience, and you can make peanut butter and jelly on that. Delicious. Look, you can't, you can't do that with Stephen Amell, so obviously... Ultimately, you know, it just... It sucks because, like, I get it. I also understand why genre shows, they have to use social media in a way where, like, part of it is because genre isn't respected. Like, I get all of that. But it still sucks because then you have the actors who don't deserve any, I mean, not that any actor necessarily deserves hate, but, like, they're all getting shafted and they're stuck because they're technically paid to do this work. But they're not paid to be on Twitter and Instagram to necessarily no, do like, they're not paid. You could not pay someone enough to get harassed is, I think, the fundamental right. thing. Where it's like... If you're paying them to like make some posts that are like vetted by your PR team or your social media managers or whatever, 
like that's fine. They are not fucking like you could not pay anyone enough goddamn money to get harassed on the internet. And that really should not be part of their jobs. Right. We don't get to enjoy the content of experience for this like fuck it. I think we're in agreement here. We're in agreement. Oh, sorry. I have the fan on higher, so it's a little like Good. Um, so then we get to the very good, 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 good part of the episode where huh? Sarah is like, listen, you may have invented beer pong, but I oh, invented <laughs> it. Yes. I never went to college, but I did spend time with Oliver Queen in high school. Which is just like, we haven't gotten to see Dirtbag Sarah in some time because like she had to be the captain. And like, I love that role for her and I love the evolution of her character. Yeah, but yeah. like, but like, seeing her get to be like, I love, I, it's like that little bit of season one attitude she had, where she's just totally like, I bet I could shove my whole fist in my mouth. <laughs> like, who's gonna stop me, God? So I missed it so much. I love Dirtbag Sarah. Hunter is in the afterlife, um, having a Loki heart attack. I assume. God bless. God bless. God bless. Oh, yeah. Also, has anyone ever seen Beer Pong played with ping pong paddles or the writers? I mean, because no, like. That's not how Beer Pong is played. They literally yeah, a friend of mine is like, oh, if you Google it, it says it's played with ping pong paddles. No, and I'm like, I, okay, I so absolutely. So we can assume that absolutely no one on this show had friends in college. I don't, I don't know know how beer pong works. I still don't know. We watch it. I don't understand the rules. I never have. And I don't think I ever will. And I'm okay with that, but still. I mean, you're not really missing much. All you need to do is just throw your your ball into another person's cup and then they drink it. And that's literally it. That is all you need to do. And so the fact that they added paddles is so funny. And because they wanted to be like, Sarah has powers. And after touching Dion, she knew exactly every single move that he would make. Which goes against everything. Almost like she had. Almost like she had. I almost like she had a a sh- a sure a shar. Oh, no. Stop <laughs> it! Stop it! Stop, stop. You're the one who brought it up. Hey, hey! I didn't bring it up. <laughs> You're the one who has now earned me the nickname I keep getting in my inbox, which is number <laughs> one. Okay, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay i gotta say though i'm like okay hey if you're sending this to rachel i want you all to be honest with me and like honestly this is the honor system and i get it but if you don't actually know who sasuke uchiha is you can't call rachel <laughs> it's, spelled, it's always spelled correctly so uh, fair enough but like it's just funny that they added that specifically for like the slow-mo effect of like i just it's hilarious because that's not how different it's played I got I mean, I completely fucking forgot she had the sharing on. Like, I didn't even realize it. I'm like, oh, that's why she's like, you said that. I'm like, oh, right. That's why she, oh, okay. Like, now, I also want to mention, I want to mention, um, almost painfully, a couple of things. Um, number one, I haven't written a college AU legends fic like formally in years, but when I did write one and post it, and it's, it did involve ping pong. Specifically, <laughs> the intern that doesn't get paid enough. <laughs> <laughs> the intern, I don't. And again, I will say this: I just don't think Legends has the clout or anyone at the CW, whoever their writer intern is, through the WB programs or whatever. I don't think they have. Imagine being the writer intern and you get stuck on DC's Legends of Tomorrow. 
know what though? You gotta start somewhere. That's what they say. There are no small parts. Apologize you in a while, but I did really like it. Oh no, I I'm honestly, I had a lot of fun writing it. It's just like when I wrote it originally, I was two years out of college, and now I am not. And I'm like, I can still definitely write that, but like now everyone's gonna be. When I started, they were freshmen. Now they're gonna be juniors. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things. I'm like, I liked I liked writing it. I'm just also like. It's weird because yeah, now when I try to write fanfic and there's any sort of school setting, I'm like, oh god, I've completely forgotten how school works, and I hate writing this. This sucks so much. We'll do anything. What do you to guys? Y'all just, I mean, I'm like, all all people do in school anymore is like vape and make TikToks. That's what they yeah. do, right? Ava, uh, cool. Lita, what are teens like? Lita, uh, memes, skeletons, piss. But I just really love that one, she called her Aunt Ava, and two, that means that like her family now is the wildest thing. Like if she were to go back in time and have to do a family tree assignment, oh my god. I do love, I gotta say, her calling her Aunt Ava was so, so, so cute. I was like, oh right, because she was there for the, oh, like that was so cute. I loved that. So Sarah being like, you know what, fine, I like you, you can stay on my ship. Honestly, I don't see any harm in having a miner on the ship. What else are we going to do? He does fund us. <laughs> they can't really say no, to be honest. No. And then, like, Bayrod was a miner, right? Bayrod, I am 24 years old. I don't really understand how old Bayrod is. It's kind of... I don't think Bayrod understands how old Bayrod is. And I think that's, and I think that's part of the fun of it. That's true. Yeah. It's like ping pong. I mean, ping pong. Good grief. They wear beer pong. <laughs> And of course. Um, they win. Um, the spell is broken, and Dion is like, it is almost too picturesque that Nate sort of ditches Dion and Mick comes walking in. Yeah. It's, it's it's truly artistic. Where he's like, where Dion's like, I thought bros were bros. Oh yeah, there is that weird scene where the, he has them all chanting bros are bros for life, where I'm like if we had wanted to take this episode in a different way, because Maynads specifically, their whole thing is that they like go no, absolutely crazy. Oh my gosh, they don't have and tear shit apart. That could have been really fun, but we didn't do it. But like, just Dion being like, "I thought bros were bros for life," and just Nate being like, "Dude, I'm married." <laughs> so good. And sad like, we missed really on the Maynads, but honestly, the rest of this episode was so fun. That's like whatever. I'm willing to forgive. Uh huh. Who isn't willing to forgive? But he just—she's salty, man. Oh, I—I—I'm not gonna talk about mom issues. <laughs> never. You can't. You'll never catch me, Phil. We'll see you all in hell first. Astro immediately being like, "I don't need you." Then her face when she, her face is like, "You owe me." It's a really good face, and it's stressing well, me. Well, I out. thought it was also very interesting because I was kind of like. I could see for, I, there's a scene in the previews in the trailer specifically where Astra was with the um, villains, was with Lakitas and Atrophos. And I, I like that she's not really doing this because she wants to. Yeah, she's beholden. Yeah. A, a, you know, a she's, she's especially beholden by, you know, like fairy law. Yeah. Even though John isn't technically dead, which I think might end up being the loophole. That's right. right. It's gonna be like, well, I didn't actually kill him, so I have no real power over me, kind of thing. I also feel like Charlie, because we know that 
the summary for the episode after this one is that Charlie's trying to protect all the legends, so she scatters them in TV shows. And I'm just like, okay, so Charlie's probably going to trade herself for Astra. Like, I don't suffer enough every single fucking day. Every day of my life. Well, and we saw in the promo, too, like, there's someone standing next to all of the sisters, and they're, like, locked up in chairs or something? So it's probably, I mean, it has to be the finale. Well, no, I think that's when they're still on the council, like, during the episode where they're in TV and Charlie is with Gary and Mona trying to fix reality. Oh, okay, that makes sense, that makes sense. Um, and I think, um, they conclude everybody takes a shot from the, okay, listen, I'm going to say this. Everybody drinks from the, except Zari. And as, uh, Sahar mentioned, she's like, I can't, that's super haram. <laughs> that was really cute. I appreciate it. And they all drink from the cup, except Zari, but like, Listen, I don't want to be disrespectful. But, like, that was the least convincing group of people drinking from a cup I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. I'm like, I know there's no actual liquid in it, but this is just, like, it is so clear that there is no liquid in it. I don't know how you would act around this, but it was just weird to watch. It was Why did they not put liquid in it? This was filmed before any of our health problems. I don't understand. You couldn't afford to put one bottle they of water They share in drugs. It. They can share an orange juice. I hate. Y'all can share an OJ with your pals. I appreciated it. Um, we found her for 24 hours, so this whole thing literally is over the course of a Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. There's no rules. Put your shirt back on. There's one rule. It's them being immortal. Yeah. <laughs> and I will so also it's gonna be no fall damage cause like yeah if you were immortal for the day what no fall damage I mean actually hold on you say Honestly, and then I'm I, gonna pull a question the legends being immortal for 24 hours is just that ye old tumblr post that's just somebody going pilot turn down me yelling, turn down for what, as I grab the handles and prepare to Icarus this bitch. <laughs> um, I do have to, all right, now I'm going to ask, because I think it might be a good point to end on. Um, oh, well, we did have a, we were going, I mean, I guess Sahara and I talked a little bit about, like, the whole thing that they're doing Aliens next season, but we don't even know when next season's going to be able to start filming, and, like, Maisie and Olivia aren't on the cast sheet, but that might just be because they forgot, or there's a spoiler. And um, I just have one really problematic thing to say. Well, I didn't say it, but they were, somebody asked the writers in the Before Legends, who is Ava's hall path? And Uba said, well, Ava really likes serial killers. And I was like, is, um, Ava's, is Ava's hall path Eileen fucking Warnos? Uh, or, or does that mean, do, do you guys not know what like hall path means? Is oh, come on Eileen about this? Oh no. That oh god, that's an awful way to end this episode. Anyway, all right, please end the episode with something. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna end the episode. I'm gonna have a, 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 ignoring that. I know this is big talk coming from me because I the nipple you belt can't bit hide today. what's inside. Okay, so if you guys were immortal for a day, um, what would you do with it? Fuck Eileen Warnos. Also, no. let, let me define it quickly. A couple of parameters. If you do. When you say immortal, can I still like get hurt or am I completely like. Hold on. You can, 
you're not going if you cut off a limb it's not going to grow back if you get you jump well, the, off if you jump off and your bones all break like you're not going to die from it you're not going to feel the pain of it and you're going to heal from it but like let's say regeneration is out because that would just be removing a part of your body and i don't i think the immortality would stop working if your arm was separated from your body well, is it regenerate? Not regeneration. I mean, is it a healing factor kind yeah. of immortality, yeah. or is it like a Superman kind of immortality? Where like I don't have to worry about getting my arm cut off because there's nothing on this planet right now that can cut my arm off. Um, whatever would oh. better for you. I just realized what I would do. Okay, go for it. I try to. I try to see if I could have sex with Brandon Ralph without dying. No. I I'm kidding. I don't actually. The idea of having sex with someone I don't know well is actually terrifying to me. Yeah. In a lot of ways, we don't have to go into it. But. Yeah. God. Um. But what would I do? I mean, I think I would just honestly fucking parkour my way around this fucking hell city. Or the fair. So would absolutely. Some dumb shit like jumping off like i mean like if, if this is just no fall damage like yeah i'm going to find every tall building in this fucking city and i'm going to jump off of them and i i mean that's the thing is like immortality for a day isn't really one of those it's not even really a fun super like it's not really a superpower it's just run fast yeah I was literally going to say, I was actually going to say, thank you for bringing it up. I was going to say, honestly, actually what I do is I would just go destroy a bunch of NYPD stations. Cause like you can't kill me. So. <laughs> oh my God. I also make it so they can't tell that it was me. Like mortality is pointless to be honest. And so next episode, I'm just prepared for it to be like, well, we have to fight zombies. They can't really close, but we still have to fight them. So like, Okay, great. You did it. Proud of you guys. We have to fight the cranberry song zombie. <laughs> it's a good song. Catchy. A classic. A classic oh, that is about Bloomingdale's. That was such a good time because we were just both like low-key singing it and browsing through the racks, and it was amazing. Alright, and I have had a lot of very strange times with that one Bloomingdale's. And that one Bloomingdale's in specific. You know what we gotta actually that reminds me. Something we should call Strange do Times with that one Bloomingdale's. We should we should probably do when this is all over although we might have to wait until it's prom season but we should totally go and find ugly dresses and get them on again because that was the most fun ever oh my god we were at a con with some people and they did like celeb photo ops and stuff and it was taking forever for them to get their stuff but the con <laughs> space was attached to a mall and we yeah, were really yeah. cosplaying because it was like a one-day thing and we were just like you want to go into macy's and find the ugliest dresses they have and try them on so so much fun and like you want to do it at a place where like people aren't you you want to do it somewhere where you have to take everything to the dressing room yourself and handle it yourself yes because i would feel really bad handing someone that like so yeah it's got to be somewhere you can just sort of like sneak in you have to be as low impact with it as possible like take it to the dressing room yourself put it back where it's supposed to go yourself like do this somewhere like it's like it's like take leave only your footprints kind of thing. Leave only your footprints in the sand. <laughs> anyway, there are some fucking ugly dresses out there. On that note. 
so many ugly fucking prom dresses. I am so sad. I know why we aren't getting prom, but I'm so sad we didn't get like a prom episode. Well, we sort of did with the high school reunion. Yeah, but like it wasn't it. Like it wasn't like it wasn't. You, yeah, but that episode sucked. <laughs> yeah, but that episode was terrible. <laughs> I mean, truly though. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things where I'm like, I kind of want to see them go, uh, your body, this is, I want to see the Legends doing, like, this is a shitty superpower. Sarah, Sarah right now is just stuck with bullshit superpowers. All she wants is fucking super strength and a, you know what, big. And this is what she fucking gets. That's not fair. Sometimes yeah. life isn't fair. Anyway, um, I have to go make sure Richard doesn't knock over his humidifier again. So good yes. night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Love you both. Talk to you tomorrow. Love you. Bye. Bye.